Hi, I'm Tim, and you're listening to the New Life at Home podcast. This week, we're up to Matthew chapter 9, where Jesus says it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I chatted with health workers, Rod and Ruth Foley, about health and how that relates to spiritual health. Now, you guys have a really interesting story, how you both ended up practicing together. Uh, Rod, you're a GP. Ruth, you're a nurse. But you've got your own stories as well. What led to you being in that together and starting your own practice? Okay, well, thanks, Tim. I was um, raised in Maroubra, which for anybody who may not know is a a beachside Sydney um, suburb. I had the advantage and great privilege of going to a a selective high school, more on the basis of um, the old boy network rather than any brilliance on my part. My (laughs) my dad went to Sydney Boys High before I did. But once I got there, I realised that just about everybody in the entire school was a nerd. And in my in that particular school, um, you were sort of ridiculed and harassed. And if you if you didn't do well and didn't um, take your, your studies seriously, I was always interested in the human body and fascinated by the way in which it worked. And my father, although he was a lawyer, was seemed to be very keen for me to do medicine and become a doctor for reasons that I don't fully understand because of that particular point in time in my life I was scared to death of blood and my only role models that I could think of were Dr Kildare and Ben Casey and I was nothing like them (laughs) so anyway um, six years later I was through medicine at university and I did my residency at um, Prince Henry and Prince of Wales which is where Ruth and I met we married in 1980 and I bought a solo practice in Five Dock in Sydney Um, which is where I remained for the next 12 years before joining um, three other local GPs to form uh, Five Doc Medical Centre. So that's my, that's how I got to meet Ruth. Yeah, and Ruth, what's your story? What what led to, what what Uh, happened before you met Rod and were swept off your feet? (laughs) Um, I was born in Cessna and I left school before I turned 15 And I worked in a pharmacy for eight years. By that time, all my siblings were married and I wanted to be a nurse as long as I could remember, but Mm. it had never worked out. So I decided at 23 that this was my last, last chance to get to do that. So I applied to do nursing in Sydney, which I was accepted as a mature age student. And I went to Prince Henry, Prince of Wales and did my training. I met Rod a couple of weeks before I finished and I was going to visit one of our family friends. Rod was um, looking after him, so that's how I got to meet Rod. And then we had a few conversations and um, then I finished my general and went off and did cardiothoracic surgery and then I went and did my midwifery and then uh, went overseas for a time. Then I came back and we met up again and got married and I went to Westmead and worked out there until we had our two daughters. Mm. And then it was too hard to go and do shift work and all of that, so we decided that, that I would go and work at the practice. Thanks so much for sharing your health backgrounds. 
What about your Christian backgrounds? Uh, how did you come to know the Lord? Ruth, you grew up in a Christian family, is that right? Mm-hmm. My parents had a very strong faith and they taught us from a young, very young age to love Jesus and, um, and to accept his gift of grace and forgiveness. So it was always very central and we grew mm. up all thinking that that's the kind of home that everybody lived in because yeah. everybody we mixed with in church circles were came from the same kind of background mm. so it was yeah so did that that so, shaped the way you yeah. thought about going into nursing and caring for others yeah I, I very much wanted to um, care for people I I was a very caring person in if anybody was had hurt themselves or anything I would always mm. be the one that would go and I would sit and talk to people I love talking to people and mm. I think you still you still are a caring person, may I ask? (laughs) Well, I'd like to think so. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was great. I really uh, enjoyed my upbringing. I'm very grateful that I came. um, That mum and dad taught me to love Jesus. Hmm. Uh, Rod, you have a different story. Uh, I do. You went to Sunday school. But what were your parents doing while you were at Sunday school and where did you want to be? Okay, well, um, with the benefit of hindsight, I'm pretty sure my parents used uh, the local Anglican Sunday school as a surrogate child mining service <laughs> on Sunday mornings. They wouldn't be the only ones in no, that era? No, I suppose that's true. Um, I can recall doing a lot of colouring in of Jesus and um, palms and um, asses and one thing and another, but that's about all I can remember from um, Sunday school. As soon as my brother and I were old enough, however, to realise that mum and dad were going to the beach on Sunday mornings, um, it pretty much heralded the death knell of our further Christian education. And in fact, um, I credit Ruth and her family um, for leading me to Christ. Having always had to study long and hard to get where I was in life, I always thought that to become a Christian you'd have to do at least seven or eight years of deep full-time theological slog that I, that <laughs> a little I bit like um you know the equivalent to the medicine yeah, that's slog. Exactly it's like the, the jesus yeah. heart i didn't really have the heart for anymore <laughs> and i really couldn't believe it when she said all you have to do is concede that you're a sinner and ask jesus for forgiveness and allow him to fill you with his spirit that that seemed much too easy to my way of thinking but as I started going to church and reading the Bible, I realised that what she said was true and, mm. and gratefully accepted Jesus' offer. That's an amazing story, Rod. Uh, from, you know, going, going to Sunday school and colouring in donkeys <laughs> to um, wanting to be at the beach to <laughs> thinking you had to somehow, like, get some degree to be a Christian. Yes. And then real, to realise that, wow, I just need to trust Jesus. And, yeah. Yeah, it's... That's amazing. Uh, both of you, uh, in your work, uh, Rod, you working as a GP, Ruth, you as a nurse, have been impacted by your faith and have you know, brought your faith into that space. Uh, how did your faith in Jesus impact you know, how you practised? Well, it, it had everything to do with it because it was something that you just needed God's help in everything. I can remember for me in those early days, it was quite difficult to be able to learn everything, do everything properly because you were dealing with people's lives. So from that aspect, I was very dependent on God to help me through 
difficulties, night duty on your own with 25 people in an old building that had cockroaches everywhere and wind and (laughs) it was, you know, pretty scary at times. And, you know, really sick people and it was just you and, Mm. and knowing how to look after them well and mm. you, you know I found that my faith was really important to me in those days to be able to give me a peace and an assurance to do it well. Mm. Mm. Was yeah. there a sense was there a sense in which you you knew what you could do and what your job was and then what your limitations were I oh, guess? Sure. And, mm. Yeah sure. I mean from from a nurse's perspective it's quite different to the the doctor's perspective you know mm. they've got the the total responsibility from mm. rod's point of view it was much i felt much harder because he had to make the decisions and then we had to enact them so for a doctor i felt the responsibility for them you know they get woken up in the middle of the night they've got to come in they've got to quickly decide what's happening and and act on it and then Mm. you know I found that that must have been extremely difficult Mm. as well Mm. so on that rod are there particular times that you remember like particular situations you remember leaning on God praying to him perhaps trusting him absolutely Tim Um, leaning on God was something I did on a regular basis several times a day for most people going to see their GP is their first port of call. And general practice, therefore, is characterised as dealing with a lot of what's known as undifferentiated illness. Mm. Uh, but you're the messiah, Rod. You're yeah. a doctor. You, you can fix them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Sadly, um, many serious illnesses in their early stages can have exactly the same symptoms and signs as illnesses that will just get better by themselves. And and COVID-19 as an example of that. Uh, so the question then is, how do you then differentiate those people that are going to have a mild form of it from those that are going to finish up um, in intensive care on a ventilator? Mm. And, and they, you've come out of retirement, haven't you, Rod? For, uh, I have. For um, been re-registered? But Yes, but <laughs> luckily for me, <laughs> there isn't that much COVID-19 in Canberra at the minute, so I haven't yep. been called on to do anything too heroic just at the present time. Yep. Sorry for interrupting. Keep going. That's okay. <laughs> so the answer to that question about who's going to have a mild illness and who's going to have a serious illness is mm. basically unknown. And... I don't, the problem only resolves itself um, with the passage of time and with serial observation so that um, both the patient and the doctor have to live with um, a fair degree of uncertainty for a variable period of time. Mm. And it's that living with uncertainty and the associated, the associated anxiety that leads to a lot of burnout in general practice, uh, general practitioners. And having God and being able to ask God for help and close the door and um, being able to hand over anxiety and uncertainty to him, I think was Mm. a major advantage for me. And um, I credit that with being one of the reasons why I was able to last for 35 years in the the business and not burn out. So So leaning on God was a, being able to lean on Mm. God was a a major advantage for a Christian doctor. Mm. Do you you have any examples of a, like things that happened particular um, times in your, your do you remember something Ruth w- while you guys were working together of a situation that you just like 
Yeah, um, I sort of trust God with this. I do remember one very distinctly. We <laughs> had this lovely old gentleman came in and he'd been sick for three days. And when he came in the door, he was absolutely ashen. Mm. And he, he said to me that he'd been to the dentist because he thought he had a toothache. And I knew straight away that he was having a heart attack. So I interrupted Rod and told him that he, I put him in the other surgery and said, Mm. you've got to come, you know, this gentleman's not well. And anyway, in the end, within a quarter of an hour or so, he died. Mm. And we were both there and and I had to ask all the other patients to to leave because we had to uh, call the ambulance and get him out. And I can remember after he'd gone, the ambulance had taken him, Rod came out, I'll never forget the look on his face, he came out of the surgery and he had his watch and his wallet and Mm. a few little things of his belongings and he said to me, I have to go and tell his wife that he's died and how difficult that was for him to drive just up the road and we knew them very well because one good thing about um, working together in general practice you know Rod looked after three generations of the one family so Mm. we were very friendly with lots of them and knew extended families so he had to go off and I just sat there and prayed the whole time he was gone because it was Mm. such a difficult thing to do that was one that sticks forefront in my mind And is there something unique, Rod, about being a general practitioner in the personal nature of your, like in your relationship to patients yeah. uh, that maybe other specialties? Yeah, absolutely, Tim. Specialists tend to focus on one problem and as soon as that one problem is finished, then they're basically yeah. finished with the patient and mm. don't want to know too much more. Whereas in general practice, um, obviously you, you're dealing with a whole family you're going into their homes, you can, you've got a much um, closer relationship with them and they, they're taking you into your, their confidence and mm. um, it's, a, it's a very deep and meaningful sort of a relationship that you finish mm. up with. And as families and people are facing matters of serious health concerns, perhaps even life and death. Um, well, it gives you the opportunity then to introduce Jesus and, and talk about faith and... Yeah, yeah. Um, People asking the big questions in life at yeah. that time and faced with their own mortality. That's right. Whereas if you're just meeting somebody off the street for the first time, um, it's much harder to introduce those sort of concepts. Mm. So having a background, closer relationship with people enables you to talk about these things. You've talked about there that the, the opportunities that there are working in the, the health system and working in healthcare reaching out with Jesus. Ruth, did you have any opportunities as a nurse in doing that with either patients or other nurses? Oh, I got very involved in the Nurse Christian Fellowship and um, ah, that was fabulous because we had all these young girls who came to go nursing and they were usually straight out of school and me being that five years older than them, they tended to ask questions and so we would get together because in those days we all lived in so at night we would all get together and do a bible study and just 
chat and see and some of them you know struggled with what they were dealing with so I was able to help them in um, walking them through the journey mm. and that was wonderful um, friendships were made that are, are still close today so I felt very blessed to have that opportunity because that I never dreamt that that would come up when I mm. went nursing Mm. And and you saw people come to absolutely faith through absolutely that? it yeah. was and you know not just nurses you know more clerks and mm. the porters and and boys were just starting to come into nursing in those days, so there was a couple of guys. No, it was um, perhaps that that stage of life where you're you're starting out in health and you're being confronted with matters of life things. and death and big yep. things. That you're open to. If, if your heart is softened, you're mm. open to the news of life yeah. beyond death. From your experience, what difference does Jesus make for people facing death? Well, those that know Jesus and know that death's not the end, but basically just the entree to eternal life with him mm. in heaven, certainly from um, my experience has a very calming effect on, on people. Mm. So um, there's that peace Mm. Yeah, they're they're much less anxious and um, more at peace with the world and accepting, much less fearful of what's going to happen in the future. Mm. Yeah, I think the people who I nursed who were Christians, some people have quite difficult deaths, and I think that also you've got to look at the relatives of the people who were there with them and. Are really saddened by what their loved one's going through. So there's great opportunities for compassion and usually Christian families did have more of a, a calm and a peace knowing that they would see their loved ones again in heaven. Mm. Um, yeah, so, so what you've just shared about uh, the difference that Jesus makes uh, for people facing death tells me and, and, you know, we know this from Matthew's Gospel, that there is a greater sickness. How of the limits of medicine and of... You're conscious of the limits of medicine all the time. I mean, there's people come in that you've got no idea what's wrong with them. and um... There is only a certain amount that you can do. And really, after that, they Christian or the not, they're and... in God's hands after that. And, you know, God's got to all worked out as to but hmm. there's certainly at times you felt that this is all we can do hmm. you know from here on it's, it's not what, our call it's what god yeah. wants yeah. yeah in matthew's gospel as people come to jesus looking for healing looking for relief from their ailments they're a picture of people living in a world under the shadow of death and the healings are more than just showing that Jesus has the power to heal sickness, they're showing that he has the power to heal yeah, our greatest sickness. Mm. Um, yeah, our, our biggest sickness is sin, and, and doctors, <laughs> no doctor on earth is going to be able to help you with that one. Mm. Our, um, our sinful hearts uh, mm. need to be cleansed, need to be healed, and yeah, Jesus can give us that where medicine can't. Mm. Yeah. yeah, thank you so much, Rod and Ruth, for sharing your story with us i'm sure that lots of people who've listened have even more questions and would love to love to chat about them another time um, okay. yeah but thanks for joining the new life at home podcast right. thanks tim 
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of New Life at Home. Next week, I'll be chatting with Russell and with Brock, and we'll be sharing some of the things that God has been teaching us in recent weeks about ourselves and about our world.